Welcome back to Ecolution. I don't know about you, but this time of year can feel a little bit hectic. I've been doing exams, and Ecolution is a pretty big part of my life now. Have you ever tried to deal with a producing or tea? Anyway, the next few weeks are going to be jam-packed on the podcast, so it makes sense for us to try and relax, to breathe a bit more easily, for one episode anyway. A few weeks back, we headed to Gloss Community Garden in Ballymun, which was its own kind of busy on the day we visited. My name is Hans Sommer. I'm the CEO of Global Action Plan here in Ballymun. Well, GAP, its origins lie with the social regeneration project here in Ballymun. What we were trying to do is to help build greater social cohesion in the community. So we started a number of community gardens in Ballymun area. And this one is the one that remains in management of, of GAP. There are others that are properly uh, run and owned by the community itself. But this here, the glass garden in Balimon, we operated here uh, ourselves. This was an empty field, uh, just left by itself, so a bit ignored. It's owned by the local church, and we asked for permission to start growing vegetable here and use it as a place where people could meet. And it's really a place for people of the community to come together, to learn about the techniques of how to grow your own vegetables and how to look after your garden in an organic way to learn to make compost etc but much more important than that it's also a place for social inclusion the garden is open to people from every background all abilities all levels of privilege it's, it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if you've never learned how to look after plants you know this is a place that everybody's welcome we also met alex wyatt who works in outreach for global action plan like everyone else alex is pretty happy with how the glass garden has continued to develop as it's been going on and as it's been developed more and more, we've got more little buildings. We've got little uh, containers over there. We've got a lovely little geodesic dome that's been uh, built by some other um, uh, business volunteers, which is kind of more and more is always added to it uh, all the time. Global Action Plan, we're uh, an environmental organisation. Uh, we do a lot of work with community groups and so sort of through collaboration between us and the church, yeah, it, uh, it kind of came into being. Some very hard work from some uh, dedicated volunteers as well. It's open every week, Tuesdays to Thursdays, and occasionally also on the other days. So we have people who come here on the open days uh, every day, uh, individuals, but we also have uh, groups coming here. Local community groups, local schools. This uh, morning in the background you can probably hear there's the, a the school uh, class here. But we also have people from other institutions like the Central Remedial Clinic, uh, St. Michael's House, etc. So we pride ourselves really on the fact that the, the gardens is open and available to anybody who wants to come. This was a pretty busy morning. What was that I said about relaxing in the garden? The fourth class boys from Virgin Mary National School were back for their regular Tuesday outing into Gloss. Hi, I'm Killian. So we're in the middle of doing an experiment with plants to see how the, how the roots come out of the seeds. I've done peas. I just love peas, they're my favourite vegetable. So we have to put it at the bottom of a plastic bottle. Then we have to put compost in and dig a channel right, going right through it. So through the see-through bottle, we'll see the seed. So we'll see it going up and down. We'll store it in the classroom on the windowsill. My name is Riley Judge and I'm 10. We're at the plant in peas and I forgot the other name. Butterbeans. Community gardens around Ireland are often run by a dedicated band of volunteers, which is true here but they do have one huge added benefit. Really, the secret ingredient of the garden is our, our gardener, Sharon Harvey. She is the person who brings it all together, who makes everybody feel welcome. She has an amazing amount of knowledge on how to grow stuff. <laughs> She's wonderful. She's welcoming. She will show you what to do, and uh, you continue doing a great job. She's one of the best. 
I'm Sharon Harvey. I'm the community gardener for Global Action Plan and I manage the Gloss Community Garden. I applied for community gardener with Global Action Plan in 2011. They gave me the youth gardener, which was actually even better. <laughs> so I worked with all the schools and youth organisations in the area, you know, doing gardening programmes and things. The schools Sharon works with feel understandably proud of the garden they're helping to shape. I'll bring you around the garden if you would like. This is um, oh, what are they called again? A well. Yeah, we don't have real water in it, but we have the rope, the bucket, and we had a few really cool looking marbles. And the juniors built a little fairy town in it. It's more of a fairy, uh, a fairy house. There's different classes who did uh, different onions, and there's different types. So the smaller the class, the less tangy it is. So we're in four class, so we have the medium tangy onions. Because you know how it's spicy and tangy. I like them. I have to fry them in the pan. Cooked with probably like with pasta or like chicken curry curry or something like that. It's all right. Over here, we have the mild onions from third class. And we also planted turnips as well. Here is our turnips. They just look like little flowers and weeds and all coming, but it's really torn up. The garlic is all over the garden to stop the fruit flies and all from eating away at the onions and the carrots and all. The garlic, it produces a smell that uh, a lot of flies, they don't like it. So they would fly away and they'd find other stuff. And that's the reason why we don't have to use pesticides at all. The children that come to the garden are always busy, from planting to preparing new seedlings. I'm Kevin, I'm going to make a pot out of um, newspaper. Because it rots in the soil, so the plant will get nutrients. We're going to use that to roll it. Very, very good. We'll tighten that up just a little bit more like that. Then you'll put it in that thing. That's looking great. Push in the bottom there. Yes. Then you'll smush it. There we go. Excellent. Now we'll pop that on top. Now you smush that down really hard. Then you got your pot. And you get your soil. Then he hasn't explained um, what we do next. The garden hosts people from so many nations that it's no surprise that it gets lots of distinguished visitors. And today, another esteemed guest wants to see how this project is making a difference. Hi, I'm Adrian Palm. I'm the Dutch ambassador in Ireland. I think it's, it's a great project here to see so many different people involved in gardening and developing nature. I see it really as a community effort where people come together and not just work on their own, but work together in, in achieving something. So really good. That shared experience, the idea of building a community, working towards a common goal of improving where they live, is one that's pretty attractive. It's very, very social garden. So we've got people of all abilities from all walks of life, different ages. We've got retired people. We've got people from direct provision coming in every week. We have school groups. We've, we just, it's very diverse. What I've found is people might come in for the gardening, but what keeps them here is the social side of it. One of the fun things about making evolution is you get to be really nosy. You get to just walk up to people happily working in the garden and say, Hey, who are you? I'm Daniel. I'm just helping out, clear up the garden, making it look nice. Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays, we are refugees from Zimbabwe. My name is Moses Siziba. It's a beautiful garden. It's a beautiful place and it's nice and lovely to come in and work here. So a friend came to me and was like, oh, there's a garden up there needs volunteers. Would you like to come? I said, definitely, you know, helping out instead of sitting down. There's nothing better than that. I didn't have any experience but meeting different people with a lot of experience and then it helped me. Now 
I will call myself a professional. <laughs> I'm Justin from Zimbabwe as well. I love gardening. I've been doing my own garden. I've got uh, some great experience uh, working with plants and it helps, it goes a long way. Some plants are similar and then, uh, yeah, the garden is a garden, yeah? yeah, it's coming up nicely. I'm Roy Kobela from Eswatini in Swaziland. The reason is to give back to the community. It's refreshing other than, you know, sitting in one place, but most of all just to give back to the community of Ireland and acknowledge the warm welcome. We're glad you have uh, made a difference in this garden. There is light in the garden. A little drizzle fell in the garden as we spoke, but it didn't stop the gardening. Danwa and his friends are refugees from Zimbabwe. So we had to ask if Zimbabwe had seen changes in their weather patterns. We have really hot days, very hot. And over here I heard there was supposed to be a heat wave. <laughs> the heat wave wasn't really heat, <laughs> you know. When we have heat waves, it's like, it's really bad. I feel like it's, it's getting hotter by the year, you know. When I was growing up, it wasn't as hot as it is right now. Right now it's blazing hot in Zimbabwe. The rainy seasons, the patterns have changed. We have got uh, extreme rain, rains, sometimes uh, hardly any rain. The temperatures have gone up as well. Yeah, yeah, there is an impact. Really, I, I think I prefer this weather compared to some weather. Gloss is a work in progress and one that's attempting to adjust, to be more in tune with nature. When we were first given it, the council came in and they put the pathways in, as you can see, and the plots were like rectangular. It was very allotment-like. So over the years, we've kind of added to it and we've, we've put our own areas in. We have our tunnel and our dome, our pond, and different areas of the garden that function as different things. So fruit garden, and then we've our herb garden here. We also have a comfrey patch beside a nettle patch. So the comfrey patch is, I'm sure anybody who's interested in garden knows, it's a green manure. So we make a, a liquid fertiliser from, from the leaves, but also the flowers are so attractive to bees, so we make sure we don't take all the flowers, like we leave that. Beside it, we had every weed in the garden except nettles. So I had to put a nettle patch in because I wanted to encourage more butterflies in, so as you know, they lay their larvae on nettles, and that's the little nursery and stuff, so um, we have that now. So <laughs> Our relationship with the natural world can become very disjointed and unequal, something the garden is trying to address. The biodiversity, we've improved that over the years. It probably wouldn't have been the best in the beginning because it would have been very much like allotments where each bed was one kind of crop, so it was very monocrop kind of thing. We've, we've changed all of that now, so we intercrop and we have all areas. We leave lots of areas where we don't cut the grass at all. Some of them where we only cut it, it maybe once in a year. We encourage weeds and we let some of the vegetables go to seed because this, the flowers from them are really beneficial to insects. So I hope we're doing a good job. You can always do better, you know. Like so, we're and we we create habitats all around the garden for all different kind of wildlife. And the garden is full of birds. It, I've seen an increase in birds in the garden over the years as as we've created more spaces for them to nest and they've come into the garden which means it keeps the control over pests like slugs and snails so we have them but they're not a pest to us you know so they're just here sharing the garden with us you know the bugs really like it we done a bug hunt a few weeks ago i found like centipedes there was like spiders but they were hiding then there's like these bugs that i don't really know like little it looked like a beetle but it's very small they usually eat plants 
about to say an ant, a centipede, ladyboards. They help get snails now and other animals that are trying to eat all the plants because they're hungry. Ladyboards, that's another thing that we would on occasion see, but now there's a, a big increase. Now I know that also means that we have a big aphid population, which we do, but like that's all hand in hand, you know, so they look after that for us, you know, the ladybirds. There is a lot of butterflies. The worms, we've seen a lot more soil activity, you know, so what else would we have seen? We have foxes that come in, they've burrowed, and where they come in through the fence, there's one little line where they walk. It's about a balance, and it's about sharing, really. If you keep those two things in mind, we got to a point where everybody needed clean, tidy lawns. No mess, no piles of rubbish at the back of the garden. So there was nowhere for all these really beneficial insects to live. We started growing a lot of plants maybe that weren't of any use to pollinators. If there's not enough for them to feed, they're not going to stay in your garden and they're not going to like have their young in your garden. So then all the other insects like aphids and stuff, which become a pest in your garden, they take over. But if you balance it out, if you have areas that aren't that tidy areas you leave long lots of flowers, let things go to seed go to flower and they'll encourage the beneficial insects in and they'll do the hard work for you so then they feed off the, the insects that can become a problem like here we have we have slugs and we have snails but they're not a problem because we've got many birds in the garden now that the birds keep them to a, a manageable number so they don't cause us any bother you know, we have aphids because we have sycamore trees which like are like a magnet to aphids but like that we have loads of butterflies now so because the butterflies have realised a nice meal in here so they come in here so that's a, a good balance between them we have water, water's really important even if it's only little buckets around the place if you provide water for wildlife then that's another benefit to you I'm Sean, I'm in fourth class I'm bringing you to the pond This is my favourite place like it's so nice the texture in the water that looks like something from a game, those set of rocks there. I've seen snails. There was two ducks one of the days we came in. It's just so many cool designs and rocks you can find in this little pond. How low moss grows used around the pond? I'm Colleen. I like the plants. I like using the water cans and like seeing them grow and see what like they look like. For all that the garden is a space that insects naturally enjoy, there's always space for another mini beast hotel. It's a, just a big pile of wood and compost. And a, it's like a, a big, huge bug hotel. And in a bug hotel, I mean a bug mansion. Bugs just live all over the place in this garden. That's where they mainly would be, but it's no special place. There's loads over here that were so shy. Insects live under rocks. Ants, uh, millipedes, kind of wood lice. And earwigs. Earwigs and all. If you're collecting them, put, just put them back where you found them after. Look, I've got wood lice in my hand. And I'm going to put them over here. If you garden in tandem with nature and the way nature does, you know, then you, you've, you'll enjoy the garden more, you'll get more from the garden, you know, so and you're providing so much for mammals as well, not only little butterflies and bees and hoverflies, which we have all of them in the garden. It is about balance and share. So when we're growing our vegetables here, if we cover up our cabbages because the white butterfly lays its caterpillars on things, so, but we always leave some free. So we leave areas that are for, are for wildlife and we have air parts, so we always share. And the fruit as well, we don't take it all. We 
we leave some for the birds as well or they probably get it before us so <laughs> yeah we, we have a cherry tree that we see the cherries but we never actually get to eat them because just as they're about to ripen the birds have them before us but at least we saw them anyway so yeah <laughs> our garden is only small it's about half an acre and we try to do as much as we can in terms of uh, increasing the biodiversity in the place but it's obviously limited but what we do also is that we work with people, individuals or groups who say they want to improve the look and feel of their own garden or of their street, supported by Dublin City Council to try and bring plants and bushes etc to the built up environment as much as we can as well. There's not enough green space in Ballymun at all because they keep building more and more buildings and it's getting rid of more and more green so the more trees you get the more oxygen we have which can help there's a long way to go, to be honest. Like, there's a lot of spaces in Ballymun that are basically just grass, and there's not much by way of, of biodiversity there. But, you know, slowly, slowly and steadily we'll get there. No matter how much space you have available to garden, it's important that you set yourself a few ground rules. The garden here, we don't like to use weed killers and all what's called chemicals. We just rather grow it organically and seed it and take them out by hand. The chemicals mix with plants and then the plants just don't taste as organic as normal. And the chemicals will kill insects that are good for the plants. It's really important that we're 100% organic, so everything that's grown and taken and eaten here is organic. We obviously don't grow enough for everybody here to be sustainable in food, but we definitely grow enough of certain crops like onions and garlic and things like that so people would never have to go and buy them again, you know, the people that come to the garden. So Sharon, if I'm already gardening, what one change would you suggest I make to my practice? It's hard to say one change, but if it was one, I would definitely say don't use any chemicals. If you grow your garden that you encourage beneficial insects, they do the work for you and so that all the insects that would have been a problem are now no longer a problem. Like it's just they're just their part of your garden creating many habitats but I think if you went back to basic soil health is really really important and compost would be the main part of that so we make our own compost here we don't make enough to be sustainable yet anyway so we we sometimes get some but we buy it from an organic source. Food production in Ireland is one of the biggest emitters of greenhouse gases we have. According to the EPA the agricultural sector was directly responsible for 37.1% of national greenhouse gas emissions in 2020. No one is suggesting that community gardens are the answer to all of our food woes. However, the more connected to how our food grows we are, the more responsibility we can take for it. But how much garden would you need to feed a family? We've half an acre here. I think it works out if you had about 800 square feet, I think it is, you could probably grow enough vegetables for four, a family of four. And once you're intercropping, and if you use vertical growing as well, you could just, so like a, maybe a little bit bigger than normal size back garden. You could put a big hole in your grocery bill anyway, put it that way. Obviously there's things like bananas we can't grow, but you know, you could grow all your onions and your salad crops. We could grow some tomatoes, potatoes, cabbages, all of those things. So you don't need half an acre, but you don't have to have a huge space to do gardening. You could have a balcony, you could have a windowsill. So say you wanted to, grow something that you want to eat yourself. If you only have a windowsill, you could put a little window box on and you could grow some salad leaves or spring onions, things like that, um, radishes. You know, and I know they're probably not all children's type of things, but you could grow a few carrots in because carrots seem to be the favourite but because they're sweet, I suppose. If you're growing vegetables, grow what you want to eat because otherwise, what are you growing them for, you know? So you might as well grow the things that you, can, your, you and your family will eat. But you could grow 
in bottles, you know, little recycled bottles, anything, little pots. You can grow most vegetables in containers and pots. So if you had a little balcony or a little doorstep, and if you had the smallest of spaces, you can grow on the wall. You can grow vertical. So you could grow lots of stuff, you know, in in this a fairly smallish space. You could grow an awful lot of your, your vegetables. But yeah, just give it a try. If your school didn't have a garden, there's nothing wrong with you saying to your teacher, can we start a garden? And then if they say, oh, we don't know how to do it, there's loads of ways of getting help. They can ring us and we'll help. When you're a gardener, everything changes. You don't always have success. You might grow something and it doesn't grow properly or it doesn't. the seeds don't grow at all. But that's just life and nature so you just try again because there's nothing better than seeing a seed coming out of the soil I have to say even if you've seen it a million times before it's the best thing (laughs) Huge thanks to Sharon the kids of Virgin Mary all of the gardeners in Ballymun Alex and Hans of GAP and even the Dutch ambassador Gloss is a haven and a place that needed it and there's nothing to say you can't do the same wherever you are Get out and DIY the glass garden is great because I really wanted a garden, but my backyard is always just rock. I come here once a week. Um, I think it's very good. That to help me learn gardening and stuff and all. We have to do the smoothies. We have to do clay and painting it. They create a lot of stuff, like food and the plants that are in there. They help in the environment. It's good for the environment. The plants, all the foods that we grow. We have loads of trees, we have loads of plants. It's giving out good energy and uh, oxygen to the earth. I haven't done any garden before I got here. My garden doesn't really have that much plants. It's for the community, you know. The little kids can come around, look, and they grow veggies and things. So they really help the community. If people want to come and visit, just contact us via globalactionplan.ie. It's kind of exciting. Like. We get to do stuff that we haven't really done and we get to try different things. I planted beetroot, carrots, onions and a few others. I'll eat most of the things I've grown. I like planting, yeah. I have to tell you, uh, like, oh, I'll, I'll deny this now if, if I'm asked, but I'd work for nothing here. <laughs> it's more than a job, you know, and I love it from both sides because I love the social side where we have people here from different countries and it's just, it's fab nowadays, I have to say. I love it anyway. <laughs> Ecolution is produced by Nikki Coughlin with edit assistance from Eve O'Neill and presented by me, Evie Kenny, for RT Junior Radio. If you, your school or community are working on something you think we should talk about, Get in touch, junior at rte.ie. This is our RTE.